you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, our man, Graham Barfield. Gentlemen, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, man. The teachers came back. <laughs> so I've had like a week and a half of Mr. Mom duties with Matthew, and he was here last week in the studio with us, but they came back. So now life has returned back to uh, somewhat normalcy. I feel like nobody was happier about that than the parents. Yeah. Well, the kids weren't certain. <laughs> the kids certainly were well, not happy. Matthew about it. was, yeah. He was like, I'm going to school. <laughs> but, dude, now, now his school got three weeks off for winter break. Three weeks. And then the strike. And then they were back to school for a week, and then they were striked for a week and a half. I says, dude, you've barely been in school for the last month, and you're complaining. That's well, the, that's yeah. the jackpot, right? There. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, are they going to have to make that up at the end of the year? See, I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't been told about that yet, because it's almost like snow days on you know in the Northeast. It's like, oh, we got to make up a week and a half. I don't know how that's all going to work, that's what we had to I'm do sure in, we'll find out. That's what we had to do in Florida. I grew up and went to school in Florida. Whenever we had a hurricane, um, we used to have to make it up. Yeah. In the summer. And my birthday so happens to be like usually one of the first weeks of summer. So whenever there was a hurricane, I'd always be in school for my birthday <laughs> when I usually shouldn't be. Yep. So that's the thing. California kids, we don't we don't have like we don't have snow days. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess we don't really have, you know, we don't have earthquake often enough for it to be like a thing. Um, I don't know. We should have like traffic days in L.A. or something. Basically, the only time that you would get any sort of weird time off is teacher strikes a strike or a massive <laughs> earthquake right i mean that's it that's kind of it right that is that is really it uh behind the glass as always listening to us banter is our faithful producer senior edward l murphy esquire murph what's up no i love the conversation you guys always start the show up with it's funny because in new york we'd have we'd always somehow find like a snow day would happen on a day we already had off like it could be like <laughs> martin luther king like you have the monday three-day weekend it's like perfect and then a snowstorm would come in like sunday night it's like you had the day off already anyway so it's kind of a waste and it was just a like, waste like oh man like that happened quite a bit i also got a jury duty notice in the mail that's oh my god yeah good luck with that well i got it's funny you mentioned this i i got a did you get one no not a jury duty not yet i got i I, apparently i ran a toll road oh you got the thing in the mail didn't you i got like yeah but is it is that real hundred dollars wait it's a hundred dollars it's a hundred dollar toll fine wait how long were you in the toll lane i mean i just went through wait 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 Wait, that might have been your first offense they should but not here because I, hear, I think it's, I think right off the bat, it's they, they waive the first one completely. Well, and then if you don't pay it yeah. up to a certain date, then they double it. Uh, yeah, see, it I, sounds like it's double. I thought it was just like they, they, they send you a ticket or a bill. Yeah, and you have to go the, online and pay it. For the amount of the toll. Right, so if like right. the toll was 
three dollars or whatever they send you something for three dollars right uh, you should call about that yeah, yeah I'm i would going to call about <laughs> I, I have never seen a toll fine of a hundred dollars because in same thing in florida we have fun we had fines yeah uh, yeah or toll roads and you would be fined like five bucks or something like that like, yeah oh, no, not, they don't mess around here usually, usually it is usually it is the amount of the toll like if the if the toll that you're supposed to pay was you know five dollars and they send you something for five dollars then like eddie said if you don't mm-hmm. pay it then you mm-hmm. know they double it or they you know, find right. you or whatever, actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you should uh, you should break a phone this call about happen, that maybe. one. Yeah, I would definitely do that. That's a little ridiculous. Uh, well, you know, obviously we are here in late January, so there's not quite as much football to talk about. We will talk about some uh, some guys that maybe, you know, like we'll figure out if these guys are actually good or not. We'll start a, a little series I'd like to start, Hero or Hype. We'll go through several positions. We'll talk QBs today. Uh, we'll also do some fun things with movies and the like. But first, let's do some news. <laughs> The news. First bit of news we got is that you can stream the Super Bowl live on the Yahoo Sports app or the NFL app. I know we're still a couple weeks away, and so you know you guys get uh, two full weeks of hype and chatter and stories that you've probably already heard and are going to hear ad nauseum and will be sick of by the time the Super Bowl actually kicks off. But uh, we will let you know that you can stream it live on Yahoo and the NFL app, the Yahoo Sports app and the NFL app as well. Um, Speaking of Super Bowls, the Eagles are still your defending champions for another couple of weeks until whatever happens in Atlanta happens. But there is already dissension, apparently, in Philadelphia. A story that came out recently talking about Carson Wentz describes him as selfish and uncompromising. And look, there are a lot of anonymous story, a lot of, a lot of anonymous sources in this thing. And, you know, whatever. I, you know, some Eagles have come out saying that this is all wrong and none of this is true and we love Carson Wentz and what have you, whatever. The part that I, as I read this article that I took away from it, though, was about how the offense operated under Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles. And I don't know that we needed anonymous sources to tell us what we could pretty much see in that Carson Wentz had eyes for Zach Ertz. He threw the ball to Zach Ertz a lot. When Nick Foles was in there, the Eagles tended to spread the ball around a little bit more. And not that Ertz didn't get targets. He obviously had a couple of huge games with Nick Foles at quarterback, but it seemed like more guys were involved in the offense. Now, Fabs, it, it looks like Nick Foles is not going to be back next year. He says he wants a starting opportunity somewhere. That somewhere is not going to be Philadelphia as long as Carson Wentz is there and is healthy. Mm-hmm. But if Carson Wentz, who we expect, who has been named the starter, is back. Does this mean that we are not as big on guys like Alshon Jeffrey or Nelson Aguilar or whomever else not named Zach Ertz in that offense? But are we, you know, regardless, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is probably going to go as a three in 2019 drafts. Ertz clearly going to be a one. But also, and there's two sides to every story, which we've found out a lot about with this whole mess with the Covington school. But Wentz has also had teammates and coaches come out and defend him as well. So I think in every locker room, there's always going to be a few dudes out there who are going to have an opinion that may not be popular or maybe surprising enough where someone goes out and writes a story about it. But to me, from a fantasy perspective, this is a non-story because Nick Foles is probably going to end up maybe in Jacksonville for 2019. Wentz is going to be the guy. And let's remember that Wentz was probably the MVP of the National Football League just a season ago before he went down against the Rams with that knee injury. He was having an, an just an enormous season, both on the field and from a fantasy perspective. So I, for one, would love to see these stories come out because 
that means I'm going to get Carson Wentz even later in my draft next season. Well, and that's, I mean, that's part of it, though, Graham. I mean, like, do we do we discount Carson Wentz? I mean, look, maybe he only does throw it to Zach Ertz, but the fact of the matter is he was still, when he was healthy two seasons ago, putting up solid numbers. And I think as long as he's healthy again, he's he should, in theory, be that guy once again. I think a lot of people are just trying to find the right way to explain why Nick Foles has done so well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's kind of what it is. I mean, no one can really explain full. So everyone's trying to come back and either, you know, be smart to wince or make right. make him a lesser talent than we know him to be. Um, I think that's really all it comes down to. No, by the way, I mean, Wentz kind of got shut down for a back injury. He semi played through and then kind of didn't play through at the end of the year. I mean, <laughs> right. it was just kind of we were kind of left on this weird note with Wentz at the end of the season. And then the Eagles won four straight. They almost beat the Saints if Alshon didn't have that drop. I mean, they were close to being the Saints. So I think just so many people are just trying to figure out Foles for what he is and then kind of shoehorn in Wentz's injury issues into this like kind of debacle. Foles is And it's really straightforward for me, too. I'm the same way. It's just kind of like Wentz is their quarterback. Foles went on this. He's impossible to predict uh, because he had that one year in 2013 where he was like 27 and two. Right. He He had he had a ridiculous touchdown to interception ratio. But then the following season, mediocre at best, had eight games. And then he went to the Rams, and then his career sort of spiraled downward from there. He retired. Before, right, before, he right, retired. Before he came and became the hero of uh, the city of brotherly love, leading them to a Super Bowl championship over the Patriots uh, last season. But what, what the bigger story here is where Foles ends up, because Carson Wentz is the dude, man. I I. And it's a deep position. We're going to talk quarterbacks a little bit more uh, in the show. But the position is so ridiculously deep that Carson Wentz is a guy that I will absolutely likely target late in a draft because that's where he's going to go next season. If Nick Foles is a starter, would you? does it depend where he goes or would you just blindly take a chance? I don't know that I'd even think about drafting him. Yeah, it depends on where he goes for me. It does, but I mean... His numbers weren't great when he started this season. His first couple of games, he, he was actually bad. His numbers were, were pretty yeah. bad. And then towards the end of the season, he had a couple of big games. But I, I'm not sold on Nick Foles. I don't know that he makes a massive fantasy impact, regardless of uh, what team he's on next season. All right. Well, I mean, that's going to be – I know we're, we're going to definitely talk about, <laughs> about it. It, it, could help, it could help the players around him. You know, for example, if he ends up going to the Jaguars, which is – of course, been rumored every quarterback so right. rumored to go to the Jaguars. But, you know, that could be good news, you know, for their young wide receiving core there. And, uh, you know, they'll get your pal Marquis Lee back from the ACL. So. I almost forgot about that guy. Yeah, they, they've got <laughs> they've got some good young wide receivers in Jackson. They have a lot of wide receivers. Yeah, they do. I'm not, I'm not sure how many of them are good, per se, but they got a lot of them. I think they just have like five number twos and three. I think that's no probably a good. Number I, number I, think that's, I think that's a mm-hmm. fair way to describe it. I think Allen Robinson's a really good number two. And they just kind of let him. And they right, yeah. I think I think that's a fair decision, which might have been a good decision. Maybe we'll see. Uh, Todd Gurley, we haven't seen much of him in the last month or so. Uh, Some of it certainly injury. We didn't see a lot of him in the NFC Championship game. He says it wasn't because he's hurt. It just says because he was quote sorry. Uh, He didn't play very well, and so that was the reason he was standing on the sideline. I, I can't imagine, Graham. I mean, I know people will look at it, and we, we try to project, especially from late season and postseason, but I would just think that, you know, looking at his body of work and looking at his his role in the offense, he's still going to be one of the candidates for the number one overall pick next year, right? Dude, 
He's got 700 touches in the last 18 months. It's a lot. You tell me your body wouldn't feel that That's great. A, absolutely. But is that, uh, is that a cause for concern and maybe a reason to sure. draft Saquon Barkley, number one? Sure it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, he injured his ankle in week 10, hurt his knee late in the season. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I mean, look. We, Who's been the best running back in Los Angeles for the last four weeks? <laughs> CJ Anderson. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild. It's wild in these streets. Um, yeah, I, I honestly like Gurley can say, I, while I appreciate him trying to take, <laughs> take the high road here, he's clearly not 100, clearly not 100 percent. Yeah, the that's Rams what it looks offense like. would be giving him 20 to 25 touches per game like normal if he were healthy. So he's top five. That's I yes. mean, there's no question about that. Is he the number one pick? I think you can make a lingering because of the concerns with his knee and ankle. I think you can make like an argument and the touches. Yeah. Well, and the fact that, you know, asking him to do this three years in a row, doing it yes. back to back years is one thing. Asking him to do it three years in a row is, is something else. I will tell you that I, I am throwing my hat early on here in, in you know late January, throwing my hat in the ring for Christian McCaffrey as the number one overall. Well, yes. <laughs> as long as Cam Newton's going to be going to be uh, <laughs> under center. I mean, but th- right this this upcoming season, um, 2019. You've got, I mean, we, we talked about it. I wrote about this in my uh, 150 fantasy facts. The running back position is better and younger than it's ever been before. And you can probably make an argument for three to five running backs to be the number one overall pick. Oh, I think season. so. No, I, I think we're going to have it. I mean, it's sort of like this past year, we had what, like four guys that we all considered to be the number one pick. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, David Johnson didn't quite live up to that, but yep. he was in the running. Yep. And I think this year you're going to have a handful of guys that we're going to debate until we get to August about yep. who's going to be. And the if number Le'Veon one Bell ends up in Indianapolis, for example, he's going to get thrown in the mix, too. Right. So, I mean, this this conversation is just beginning. Yeah. Uh, the National Football League, uh, for with whom we are all employed, uh, says they want to make. Are, are you are you warning us to not? Uh, look, I like poop my, on the refs too much. There, I like my job. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> they are discussing a plan to potentially make pass interference reviewable. Now, obviously, this comes in the wake of the uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, uh, Nickel Mugging Holman. Uh, uh, debacle that happened at the end of the NFC Championship game. And I know, look, this this is a theory or an idea that has been thrown around for a while. So this isn't something that just appeared recently. But obviously, after what happened on Sunday, it, it has become a much bigger conversation. I guess my only question is, for us, fantasy-wise, if if they make them reviewable and we can have all these extra pass interferences, like... Shouldn't we put something in where we get, we get yardage know, for that? Right? Shouldn't, we get, shouldn't we get yardage totals for that? Because otherwise, it doesn't really... I mean... It, it's obviously a game changer, but I want something out of it. I want to know if my receiver, uh, you know, gets hammered downfield. Did I get those yards there somewhere? Mm, well, they don't go into the stat sheets, <laughs> unfortunately. They're not in the stat books, but I think almost everything should be reviewable up to a point. Like, I don't know that a head coach should be able to throw a red flag for a holding call, let's say, right? For example, I don't know that that should be reviewable. Um, but some of these, like the the roughing the passer, penalty that the Chiefs had against the Patriots where basically, you know, Tom Brady was caressed. Uh, he was slightly touched. He was, and it was a 15-yard penalty. He was he was slightly touched. It was ridiculous. So some of this stuff needs to be because pass interference, and we've seen this, and it's become it's become more and more rampant. And I think part of it is we have more sort of uh, you know sort sort of you have you have your phones, you have internet. There's more ways to see the bad calls, right? So People all have an opinion on this kind of thing. But the Saints were legitimately robbed 
of probably okay. I would say continue, but I, got a, I got a point about that, but continue. A ninety-five yeah, percent chance to kick a field goal and win the game. I my my point would be this: the refs miss calls on both sides. Of right, both the golf face mask also. The golf face mask is yep. the first thing that comes to mind because that play would have potentially set up a red zone opportunity for the Rams. They ended up kicking a field goal. Secondly, mm-hmm. it's third and ten. It's a reason it's third and ten there. Sean Payton did not. Yes. Oh no. Oh no. My whole plan. Like the, this yeah, call. Payton, Payton Alexi is. Brain. Payton call, does have. Yes. This call yes, has somehow yes. absolved Sean Payton and Drew Brees of really just making a mess of that whole yes. series. Thank you. You threw a terrible Thank pass you. on first down that stops the clock, so the Rams don't use a timeout. Brees short arms that throw. By the way, he never does that. And then on third and ten, you were throwing to Tommy Lee Lewis of all people. I mean, like the 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 Saints open. made a complete <laughs> mess of that yeah. series, and somehow because the refs missed the call, they have been absolved of everything and, there. And I think it was because it was. So blatantly obvious, either pass interference, helmet to helmet, run the ball three times, unnecessary roughness. The Rams use their timeouts, get some clock down, and then kick a field goal. I, I think I think this is a microcosm of of being kind of captured in the moment because it was a third and ten. It was obviously a huge play in the game because it should have been called. That should have been first and goal for the Saints. I, let's not right, you know, let's not go over those facts, but like. The Saints did not have the best game playing no. into this game. Nope. And and honestly, like, like if you look at Breeze's numbers towards the end of the season and into the playoffs, he wasn't very good. He, he wasn't very good. And Mark, the Saints couldn't run the football either. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara both saw fewer than 10 carries against a Rams defense that was basically all year one of the five worst run defenses mm-hmm. in the NFL and were the worst run defense against teams that would run out of 11 personnel. The Saints are the perfect team to run out of 11 personnel with Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. and they didn't do it. Yep. I mean, it was just, it, they you know, we kept, we kept seeing these weird Taysom Hill plays where it was like almost that always is, pending disaster. That is, um, that, that's a thing that I will never get over. Ingram Saints, and Kamara combined for 17 carries for 45 yards. Yeah. No, hey, listen, the Saints are partially to blame here. What my argument is, is that they were robbed of the they opportunity were. to kick that field goal kill the clock, basically, it would have and been, end the game. And you know you're what? You're right. It, would have ended the, it definitely L- would have ended the game. L- Lutz, Lutz could have missed it. Probably not. It could have been blocked. Probably not. But, I mean. But I, I guess my broader point here is there's so many little things that the officials miss within the game. And, yes, this is a huge one on third and ten that mm-hmm. they missed in a key game. But, but PIs, there's so many things that they miss on a game-to-game basis that these teams have to move through that this one just got blown out of proportion because it yeah. was a playoff game and a Super Bowl. I, I do think that it is smart to to make PIs reviewable, though, because we've seen some that are just ridiculous, just absolutely ridiculous, and that's what we have replay for. I think you do have to sort of, you know, consider, okay, these are not reviewable. The, these plays are not reviewable, uh, but there's got to be some plays now that that – you know, are called judgment calls right now. Yeah. Well, sometimes the referee's judgment is bad. My, my and it was bad on that one play. My addendum, for sure. My addendum to that, and what I've always felt about pass interference is we need we need two versions of pass interference. Yes. We we need we need the hey two guys get their feet tangled up and you know that's a what call that a five ten whatever call you know and then the blatant like. Sure. That's, a personal, foul. Coleman, That's a personal foul. Right. Like, hey, I'm going to get beat, so I'm going to I'm going to smack you. I'm going to drag you down to keep from giving up a touchdown. And then that there is a spot foul. We, we you know, like I it, it frustrates me when a team gets bailed out on third and long. They throw a Hail Mary or whatever. And a guy kind of, you know, two guys kind of run into yes. each other and suddenly it's a 40 yard penalty like yes. that. That drives me. Another thing, too, is the uh, the overtime rules. I think those need to be changed. Just too. Go to college. Go Dude. to college and back them up to like perfect. Back them up to like midfield. 
I, I mean, football midfield. Let's do college. I, I college mean, style. really, like, and then you hear people who don't want more things eligible to be reviewed complaining that the games would be longer. All right, the games would be what five, five or ten minutes longer tops. And yeah. you're not telling me that the passion that the, this country has and other countries have for the National Football League, they're going to complain about an extra five minutes of football and the overtime rule. How much fun would it have been? To be able to see I mean, if people, Brady and Mahomes go back and forth and back and forth and see which defense could stop which offense first to determine who goes to the Super Bowl. If people are complaining that reviews take too long in the NFL, they should watch a few college football games. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, is true. It's, it's brutal. That is true. Uh, okay, enough about that. Emmett Smith was interviewed recently by NFL.com, and one of the things he said was that the Cowboys under Scott Linehan were predictable, and that basically everybody sort of knew what was coming, and that put a lot of onus, especially on Dak Prescott, to try to make plays in the offense. I don't know. I mean, Fabs, obviously you are our resident Cowboys fan here. Mm -hmm. I don't know that what he is saying is... I feel like everybody's kind of been saying this for a while. I mean, I guess because it's Emmett Smith saying it, it gets some more traction. Yeah. I mean, when Linehan was let go, what, Des Bryant tweeted out the Kermit drinking tea picture? Yes, yes, I mean, yes, like, yes. I feel like this, there's nothing really controversial about this. Like, no. yeah, we, we all sort of knew how this offense was going to work on most, most weeks. And, and you remember that there was a report out there initially that Linehan was going to be retained. And as a Cowboys fan, I'm like, come on, man, no. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, give us a break here. We've got so much talent on offense, especially with the trade of Amari of Cooper, that Linehan, you know what, from a fantasy perspective, he was a fun offensive coordinator, had some time in St. Louis and Detroit. But, it, and, you know, I actually was way down on Jason Garrett, too, after that Tennessee game. I wanted him gone, too. That's not going to happen. I was a little bit uh, angry about that whole situation. But th I like that they're talking about bringing in Kellen Moore, who's one of the young up and coming offensive minds, uh, former quarterback. And that would be to me exciting because the Cowboys would be sort of jumping on the bandwagon of who's the next Sean McVay. You know, they've seen, we've seen so many young offensive minded coaches get hired across the national football league. Some of which we're not sure really deserved it based on their resume. Um, and there's a couple of those and there could be another one coming up in Cincinnati, <laughs> but um, I'm interested to see what the Cowboys do, what direction they go in. But one thing that we definitely need to see, they need to be more, more creative with Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott needs to be able to run the football a little bit more because that is where he becomes an even greater weapon for the Cowboys. We need to see them join the fray. And what I mean by the fray is maybe start calling a couple pass plays on first down. The last couple of years, the last couple of years, the Cowboys have been first, and um, they've been first in pat in run rate on first and ten for three straight years at sixty percent. The league average is fifty percent. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see some more some more Cooper on first down. I'd like to see some more mm -hmm. Dak read option on first down. I mean, the Cowboys just yeah, they're they're extremely predictable because they run on you know, right, six exactly. out of every ten first yep. and tens with. With, mm -hmm. with with Zeke. Well, and I imagine that that will probably be discussed with you know whoever ends up calling plays next year for this team. I mean, like, obviously we we talk about this being a copycat league, so I would think that now, especially now with Amari Cooper there, and we saw how much that opened up the passing game. Maybe they they do switch that up. Uh, Eli Manning's agent says, "quote I think 
the quarterback will be back in New York. I mean, we've we've sort of been trending this way for a while, Graham. It, it, you know, all the talk during the, the last part of the regular season, and I see Eddie just kind of shaking his head over there right now. But sorry, Eddie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just it seems like for the last I don't know a couple months of the season, it was sort of trending this way. So, yay! I mean, the Giants made their bed; they're going to lie in it. I mean, that's kind of how it is. I mean, they'll they drafted a running back. They drafted a running back at two. <clears throat> I'm not, Talk about, uh, uh, I'm not uh, going down that rabbit hole. Evan Silva would, though. At 9.20 a.m. Wednesday morning, <laughs> I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Um, but I will say they made their bed. They're going to have to line it. Um, they have a top 10 pick again, luckily. They can pick Dwayne Haskins. Maybe they feel frisky about Kyler Murray. But this is it. I mean, outside of getting Foles or Flacco, this, this, I mean, that's really the only option they have. There aren't. This is not a great quarterback year. No. In the draft. I mean, you mentioned... And they knew that. You mentioned Murray. You mentioned Haskins. I mean, we're looking at what? Drew Locke, maybe? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just not a great year for quarterbacks this year. And so. Haskins and Murray both... I mean, I, I mean, I think we both agree, but they're both going to take some time. They, have, they both have flaws. This is this is not a situation where even we're like Josh Allen, I was kind of like, yeah, I could see it. Right. Week one or week two, you start uh, Josh Allen. Th- I don't see it with either of them. This draft, too, so... Obviously, we're going to be covering this, and we're going to be covering the first night, first round. This could be one of those drafts where, as a fantasy analyst, we're just sitting and waiting for someone to get picked that has any kind of fantasy value because it's going to be a lot of defensive players. I'm really excited for Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I by the way, by the way, I saw uh, our, our friend Daniel Jeremiah just released his first mock draft uh, like a week or so ago, and he has Josh Allen, the linebacker going to the Jets. And oh, so wow. I'm excited about the prospect of Josh Allen potentially sacking Josh Allen. You know? he, he has to go to the Jets or the Patriots or the Dolphins. Just somewhere so, has to happen. Just so, so we Josh can Allen Josh Allen, sack Josh, Josh Allen, Allen every year. I mean, this is it has to happen. We need yep. this. We need this in our lives. Yeah. All right. Lengthy news segment, but that is pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Oh, what else you need to know is that Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. So even if you are a stock market newcomer, you can invest for the first time with true confidence. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees, which means you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. And with a clear design and easy-to-understand charts and market data, Robinhood lets you place a trade on your smartphone in just four taps. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. You can sign up at nflive.robinhood.com. That's nflive.robinhood.com. All right, so I mentioned it. The little thing you'll do occasionally in this offseason, hero or hype, where I went through and looked at some players that their stats, their fantasy numbers, or at least their potential suggests that maybe these guys are really good and there's hype behind them at some points during the year, maybe in the preseason, maybe midseason, what have you. But when you look at their week to week production, it leaves you wondering, like, are these guys actually good or, you know, did we just talk ourselves into believing that these guys were actually good? So I put four quarterbacks on this list, three of whom actually played all year, one of whom played just a handful of games, but has a whole lot of hype behind them. So we'll break this down. First one, Kirk Cousins. 
And Kirk Cousins came into the season with all sorts of hype. I mean, we saw what he did in Washington all those years, and we thought, okay, well, now he goes to Minnesota, and it's a better offense, and he's got more weapons. And, and you know, this is a guy who was a top-10 quarterback the last few years. He for sure is going to be like a top-five guy, right? I mean, he was everybody's favorite quarterback in drafts. He ends the year as the QB 13, uh, just under 4,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and for the most part was – Fairly meh. So, you know, I mean, you look through it, he, you know, he started the year pretty hot, had a big lull kind of in the middle of the year and was just OK down the stretch. So, I mean, Fabs, is Kirk Cousins, is he actually good or what? <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, he's a he's a good quarterback. And from a fantasy perspective, I mean, I mean, he he did get you based on standard scoring. He was right there in the top 12. So he's a player that underperformed based on all of the expectations that we had because he was going to Minnesota and he has to find Diggs and Adam Thielen and, uh, you know, the running game and Dalvin Cook. But really the Vikings offense as a whole um, was somewhat of a, of a disappointment when you sort of look at, hey, you know, Kirk Cousins, 4,200 yards. This is an era where guys are throwing for 48, you know, 47. And we were thinking much bigger numbers were going to be coming from Kirk Cousins. It didn't happen. But all of the guys that you have listed here, none of them are going to be drafted as QB1s. And Dak Prescott was the QB10 this season. He was just really inconsistent. There were weeks where Dak Prescott was waiver wire fodder. Then there was weeks, especially once uh, the Cowboys acquired Amari Cooper, where Dak was suddenly very fantasy relevant. Uh, only had 22 touchdown passes, six rushing touchdowns. Again, I think I think he's had six rushing touchdowns in each of his first three seasons. I have to look that up. I'm not sure yeah, if that's, that's correct. That'll be interesting. But I mean, that is, um, you know, that's where we're at with the quarterback position where you talk about a Trubisky and a Dak and Jimmy Garoppolo. These guys are all QB twos now, which is odd to say because Kirk Cousins was so highly thought of going into 2018 drafts and a player that, you know, outside of the, you know, the top five or six guys, fantasy owners were targeting. And that now is not going to be the case. What have you done for me lately? Now he's going to be a late round QB two that could end up being a decent bargain. And we're going to see that with a lot of quarterbacks because the position is so deep. Uh, by the way, yes, he has rushed for six touchdowns in each of his first three seasons. That's insane. It, uh, you, I wonder if that's ever happened before. You look down his his uh, his rushing TD line; it's six. Evil. Six. It's so, evil. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, thanks, Dak. Um, well, since since he mentioned Dak Graham, I mean, like, you know, we'll see what happens with a new play caller coming in this year. How this offense maybe evolves, but I mean, you know, aside from you know, he had that stretch as a rookie when he took over for Tony Romo and things were great. Then he had this stretch last year where, you know, Zeke wasn't there. He didn't play well. And then the talk was, well, he can't succeed without Ezekiel Elliott yep. there. Um, he gets Amari Cooper. He has a couple of really big games. Where are we on Dak right now? Going back to last year real quick, too. He played. He was awesome. Uh, those first couple games of the year when Tyron Smith and Zeke were both healthy, then obviously they both got hurt, or Tyron got hurt, and then Zeke got suspended. Mm -hmm. um, the big thing, I guess, is it's just amazing, but like Dak Prescott has averaged 24 fantasy points per game with Amari Cooper versus like just under 21 fantasy points per game in Ridiculous. his career without Cooper. So yep. that, to me, I think those extra couple of fantasy points in the passing game, because he's always going to have the rushing numbers, like right. I was mentioned, does not matter if Amari Cooper's there. He's going to run the ball and have some scores. Um, but the, the big passing ceiling now with Cooper is the big one for me. Yep. Um, if we could go back to Cousins real quick, because sure. I have an interesting point on him. Sure. I, their offense kind of fell apart late in the year last mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. I kind of think it all had to do with the offensive line. 
Um, or a lot of it had to do with the offensive line. I shouldn't say it all had to do with the offensive line, but the Vikings gave up the third highest pressure rate last year behind only the Dolphins and the Cardinals. We both know their, their offensive lines, both the Dolphins and Cardinals are terrible. But, yep. I mean, Cousins had no chance on third downs last year. He was pressured on half of his dropbacks on third downs. Half. That was only the Cardinals were worse. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it was such a weird end of the year for, for, uh, for the Vikings you know, ousting their OC basically a couple games before the end of the season. They <laughs> right. were like yep. right in the thick of the mm-hmm. playoff right. hunt. And they I make mean, a, they make a they make a switch. Yep. I, I don't know. I really don't know what to make of the Viking season. And I still think Kirk Cousins is like I'm still a Kirk Cousins stand, Kirk Cousins truther. Mm-hmm. And he definitely played very poorly at the end of the year last year. Um but he also started the year with the first eight or nine games. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And if if you weren't if you don't agree, I mean, you either weren't paying attention or you're just biased. <laughs> I mean, he was awesome to start the year. Right. And he really struggled late in the year. And I, a lot of it, I think it has to do with the offensive line falling apart and clearly some dissension between the coaching staff and, and the players. Yeah. And if you look at, you know, Cousins, he was uh, over his first four games, he was QB 10, QB 3, 23 against Buffalo in that game that everyone thought the Vikings were going to destroy the Bills and they ended up on the, on the losing end. And then QB 4 against the Rams. So... In three of his first four starts, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Well, and, and then I, after that, it started to go up and down, and there was a lot more down than up, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I know that, you know, just, just reading Vikings Twitter and kind of seeing what they're talking about, there is definitely a, a sense that they need to focus on the offensive line this offseason. Yeah, that no doubt. There will be a lot of that either through free agency or the draft, maybe some of both, but they will try and do that. I mean, obviously, defensively, this team seems set. Mike Zimmer as the head coach has certainly given a, a focus to the defense. Now it's about time to, to kind of shore up that offense, uh, especially in a division that is still very winnable, you know? I mean, you know, the Packers have their issues that they're trying to figure out. The Bears have a great defense. They've, they've got some issues to figure out offensively. Uh, the Lions were just a complete mess this year. So it's a, it's a very winnable division, uh, and the Vikings trying to get themselves there. Speaking of the Bears, Mitchell Trubisky. The Bears. Right, and I said that, that this year the Bears would go as far as Mitchell Trubisky could take them. And, I mean, for the most part, it was true, minus, you know, a Cody Parkey double doink uh, at, the end of, <laughs> at the end of a playoff game that, that cost them. Sorry, Adam Rank. Sorry, Adam Rank. Um, Trubisky was, I mean, you want to talk about the epitome of, of feast or famine, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he would give you a couple of, you know, 14, 15-point games. Then he had, you know, he had a 43-point game against the Buccaneers, right? He had a 31-point game against the Patriots, and he would give you eight a couple weeks later against the Buffalo Bills. Just absolutely feast or famine for an offense that put tried to put pieces around him this year. I mean, they went out, they got Trey Burton, who was, you know, uh, mixed reviews, I think, on his performance this year. Uh, you know, Tariq Cohen, I thought, kind of emerged this year. Allen Robinson was so-so. Um, I mean, is it, is it just about they need better pieces around him? Does Mitch Trubisky, is he still developing? I mean, it, it just... He, I mean, like I said, he was he was up and down. He was feast or famine this year. There was no real telling what you're going to get from Mitch Trubisky on a. A lot of his fantasy success, though, and you know he had success through the air as well. But I mean, look at his rushing totals, right? When he started to get hot, he had that 53 yard rushing game against Tampa Bay, and then he rushed for 47 against the Dolphins, 81 and a touchdown against the Patriots, rushed for 51 against the Jets, uh, had six against Buffalo, and had an awful game. Then rushed for 18 and a touchdown the following week, and then 43 the following week. So a lot of what Trubisky's numbers are, are, are showing me is that if he's able to get out and run the football, which is clearly not going to be something that, that Nagy's going to want to be doing week in and week out, 
he's going to have success from a fantasy perspective. I've always thought that Trubisky, beginning this season, was going to be a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real quarterback. And we've seen a lot of that just because of the rules around the National Football League. And what Trubisky was able to do with his legs really elevated him to a guy that became, for a time, a week-in and week-out fantasy starter. When teams were able to sort of limit what he did on the ground or he just didn't have the number of rushing attempts that would be necessary for him to succeed and have a good yardage total per game, he was average. He really was average. Yeah, uh, you know, one thing. One thing I'll say, just to back up real quick on Fabs's point. Okay. This was basically his rookie season. Yep. I don't care about the 2017 year. <laughs> that 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 year does not matter to me. In doubt with Dow Loggins as the offense core, I don't care. That right. year did not happen. Trubisky looked like a rookie quarterback this year. He missed some big throws. Mm-hmm. He made some humongous throws in that second half against the Eagles. Um, he was just inconsistent on a week-to-week basis. And that's what rookie quarterbacks are. For the most part, they're very inconsistent players on a week-to-week basis. Mm-hmm. Um, second point, Trubisky had a 101.6 rating um, in nine games before he injured his shoulder. His pass rating after that was 83.1. Right. Yep. right. Yeah, so, kind of a weird year for him. It was a weird year for him. This is a rookie, basically, essentially a rookie, got hurt middle of the season yep. and played on a team that had an awesome defense and they just didn't really need him and despite all those numbers i mean he wasn't a top 15 fantasy quarterback he missed some time and when we look ahead to 2019 and the quarterbacks that probably the three of us are going to be talking about as potential breakout candidates trubisky is not going to be on that he's not going to be on it's going to be baker mayfield it's going to be lamar jackson right they're going to be not going to be a lot of other quarterbacks not named trubisky is going to be like the 19th drafted quarterback again right no i mean he will be he will be you know he'll be a guy that in a lot of leagues may not even get drafted he'll be a waiver wire guy if you're streaming quarterbacks he will be there for you um but yeah i mean it just it was i remember there was that that stretch for about a month where everybody's like hey mitch trubisky like hey this maybe this is a thing yep uh and it it wasn't completely a thing uh a thing that we wanted to be a thing that started out maybe as a thing but ended up not being a thing was jimmy garoppolo right i mean the 49ers coming into the season, they were everybody's favorite sleeper fantasy offense, right? I mean, Kyle Shanahan was there. They had Jimmy G starting at quarterback. Hey, let's see what Jarek McKinnon can do. Marquise Goodwin, he's a sleeper uh, waiting to happen at, at wide receiver. And Garoppolo, three games into the season, gets hurt on a scramble, tears his ACL, misses the rest of the season. So, I mean, Graham, I know we've got a, a very small sample size with him. You know, he, he finished 2017 as a starting quarterback, uh, started 2018 as a starting quarterback. And but we're still kind of trying to figure out how he fits into this Kyle Shanahan. I mean, we, we think maybe he can be great. But we don't we still don't know yet if he's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, 8.5 yards per attempt and 282 yards per game and eight full starts has me excited. That's enough to get me excited. That, okay. that, that would have been third and eighth best in the NFL this past year. Right. Um, Garoppolo's had some interception, um, some unlucky interceptions, kind of low touchdown total too, just 11 touchdowns to eight picks and eight starts with the Niners. But again, this is kind of a vote of confidence on Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Nick Mullins was seventh among all quarterbacks in passing yards per game at 284. Which, I mean, he played, seventh. He played well. Mullins. He played really well. Nick, awesome. Nick Mullins in eight starts this past year averaged more fantasy yes. points than Garoppolo did in his eight starts with the Niners. C- is C- that J- ridiculous? C.J. Beathard last year was like the QB 15. He was better than Mariota, Derek. I mean, he was a week, <laughs> almost a weekly starter in two quarterback leagues. This is, I mean, that has a lot to do with this, Shanahan. We have seen this with Shanahan. And I, I know there's people out there that say coaching doesn't matter in fantasy football, but it's just like, sure it does. I oh absolutely my, think it oh does. Sure it does. Now, <laughs> now imagine the hype if 
the 49ers were somehow able to wrangle Antonio Brown away oh from boy. the Steelers. Oh. Like Jerry Rice suggests they already have the greatest receiver of all time. His name is George Kittle. Goodness gracious. <laughs> they already have George Kittle. Why do you, why? George Kittle not only is a fantasy star, but he's also a huge WWE fan. And, and he's to a me, huge fan that makes him. He's that that makes him right. uh, all right in my that book. Was the, that's part of the reason he wanted to get that single season uh, receiving record. George Kittle, he's a legend in my book. <laughs> From here on out, I don't care what he does. He could have 500 more receiving yards the rest of his career. He's a Hall of Famer in my book. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, so we, we do. We all kind of eagerly await the return of Jimmy G to see what, what might be in this 49ers offense once everybody's healthy uh, and ready to go. Hey, Clean up your remote control clutter in time for the Super Bowl with Control Center by Kavo. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable or satellite, even your game console, and Control Center does it all. Control Center simplifies your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote with voice control. Don't fumble with different remotes or run out the clock with messy search results. Just say what you want to watch, and Control Center will take you straight there. One universal voice remote controls it all. So all you need to do is say, watch any given Sunday, and Control Center by Cabo handles the rest. Be the MVP of your Super Bowl party with Control Center so you can finally get off AV duty and bring the joy back to watching TV. I got one of these things, and I set it up, and it's pretty nice. One, I don't have all these boxes and I can like put all these remotes to the side, which is great. But uh, I-, I have it, too. And like my kid is like so just amazed when I say, watch the weather channel and then the weather. Ch- oh, <laughs> and so he wants to, you know, he, he's putting he, he's like saying all different things that, it, it, you know, watch YouTube. <laughs> and then it, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's so cool. We finally have all of our robot servants. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I, wa- I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. Uh, shop now just in time for Super Bowl Sunday. Get 40% off Control Center with promo code LIVE. That's $59.95. 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at CAAVO.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cavo. One remote. That does it all. So, I said at the start of the show, we don't have quite as much football to talk about, even though we certainly made a meal out of the little bit that we did have to talk about, which is good. But I always wanted to do some fun stuff here at the end of the show. And so wanted to do like some top five lists. And I thought because the nominations for the Oscars went out on Tuesday. Uh, so that means we get you know about a month or so of Oscar hype before the show actually happens, which means, hey, you got about a month or so, six weeks, I guess, to uh, watch all the movies that you didn't see during the year. Uh, and so you, you, too, can play along at your friendly neighborhood uh, Oscar pool. But it made me think, let's do a top five of movies that you could watch every day. Either you see your flipping channels and it's on and you stop and watch it or maybe you own it or just, you know, whatever. It's a movie that you love so much that you could watch it every day so we'll go through our top five for each of us uh eddie i know you uh you got a list there if you want to start us off your top five movies that you could watch every single day sure uh so when i'm starting off this list i start writing down like all right godfather part one godfather part two goodfellas departed and i'm like that's four movies that are all mob movies so i had to scrap some the one i did keep though however is uh goodfellas uh godfathers are too long i think i've seen the departed probably more than any movie so (laughs) goodfellas at that sweet spot so that's number one uh two i'll put uh, big lebowski uh, I just think the acronym movie is really funny. Um, it's just one of those things that's so quotable. I always leave that on. I Love You, Man is another comedy I love with uh, Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd. That movie I could quote pretty much the whole entire thing takes place in Los Angeles, too. Uh, I put Batman, The Dark Knight, the Nolan one, obviously. I would put all of them, but... I just think... Eddie, you're stealing my list. I am. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, quick, uh, yeah, guys, me and Graham actually put the list together. Um, 
I just think like the the acting there of um of Heath Ledger was just so iconic and he just did a great job and uh I do like the third one the best with Bane but I just think in terms of rewatching it just the scenes with Heath Ledger are just electric and uh to round it out I put uh Rudy I think I needed a sports movie on there and uh <laughs> it's quite emotional and nice. it involves my Notre Dame fighting Irish so I love uh, I love watching that movie All right well so since I guess you took you can fill in the gaps now yeah, Graham, Eddie. where <laughs> what Eddie didn't take from you Uh no Dark Knight was going to be my number one one just because I do do that. I do just flip it on. Uh, Dark Knight for sure. Um, number two, I, I didn't have a prepared list, so I went off the top. I'm going off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, number two would be, I, this might be super contrarian, but I love Breakfast Club. I, okay. I've watched it 15 times, I think, probably <laughs> okay. over the course of my life, and I just, I just love that movie. Um, Breakfast Club would definitely be up there um, for me. Uh, I know this is kind of dorky, but number three might be Star Wars: New Hope, just because it was like one why dorky? This is a it was one of the first movies I watched um, and really truly remembered as a kid, and it was just I mean it's Star Wars: New Hope. Um, I don't know, man. Number four might be Mad Max, just because the Which action the, in that movie, the, the, and, the most recent yeah, one, Fury Road, or yeah, Fury, sorry, sorry to be clear, Fury yes, Road, Fury Road is amazing with with Tom Hardy. Um, my poor fiance. I've tried to get her in that movie so many times because I've watched <laughs> it five times with her and three of, which, three of which with her, and she's not enjoyed it either time. But Mad Max, just it's so intense and so raw and so fun. Um, I don't know, man. My fifth. It's just it's so hard to p- pin down a top five. Oh, of course. That's why we do this. <laughs> Sandlot? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good one. Ooh, Sandlot's like just that. easy to watch. I like It's that. easy to watch. It's funny. Great kids. Great actors. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez is now like an L.A. County firefighter. Is he really? <laughs> like in real life, yeah. I think he's actually like an L.A. County firefighter right Benny now. Benny the Jet. Huh. There you go. Uh, all right, Fabs, what's yours? So, number one, you know, we're just coming off the holiday season, and I'll put Christmas Vacation on there only for the month of December. Christmas if it's on, I'm watching it. And I think I watched it 10 times <laughs> in December. And then in the month of October, because Halloween is such a favorite time of the year for me, Halloween. Okay. The original. If it's on, I'm watching it. Don't care. It, it, it's that good. Now, this list, and, you know, I kind of knew what it was coming in. I didn't really need to write it down. But this is going to, I mean, if it wasn't already out there that I'm a just a gigantic nerd, okay, this is going to prove it. All right? And I don't know, because, like, you know, you mentioned A New Hope. So anytime Jedi is on, Empire, A New Hope, I'm watching it. Okay? Not so much Phantom Menace. Not so much clones. That was terrible. The only thing good about clones was Yoda fought for the first yeah, time. Attack of, Attack of the Clones was awful. Yeah. So it was just flat out. Awful. And yeah. Uh, so the first three Star Wars movies that came out, not the first three, based on <laughs> based on uh, what Lucas did, but the so I, I mean all those are like near the top for me. So I'll just clump Star Wars in, <laughs> okay? And then Rocky, okay. I, not Rocky Five. Not necessarily Rocky Balboa, although I did like it. Not necessarily Creed, although I did like it. I haven't seen the second one yet. I got to go see it um, when it when it comes out uh, on uh, on digital. But Rocky one, two, three, and four. Every time they're on, I'm watching it. They're so rewatchable. I just I love it. I don't care. I mean, with all the mistakes in the movies and stuff like that, when you know. Uh, Rocky, Rocky's having sort of like images and, and flashbacks to like his fight with Clubber Lang, but they're wearing the wrong color shorts and that already hat, whatever, you know, <laughs> like there's a lot, but I, I just, I love Rocky. And I think the first one is the best one, but the most rewatchable one and Elliot Harrison would agree with me on here is probably four. 
you just get so excited. When I was a kid, there there were two movies before I moved to Los Angeles, and basically they clap every time a movie ends here. But the only two times that I've ever been in a movie theater where everyone stood up and clapped. One, Jedi, when Vader threw the Emperor, <laughs> okay, down that, down that, that shaft and right. saved Luke. And then when Balboa knocked out Drago. The only two times people actually got up and clapped in a movie theater in Connecticut. Use could change. I mean. We all could change. So I can always watch those. You guys mentioned The Dark Knight. Like for me, that's like, that might be the best superhero movie ever. It is. Okay. I mean, it was so. I know. I know. I said it could be. There's a lot of really good ones. There's a lot of superhero movies. I love The Dark Knight. That I love. That I love. I loved Infinity Wars. I thought Infinity Wars was awesome. Just because the ending, you're like. Holy crap! Half of them are dead. You know, like hopefully I didn't spoil that. It's been out long it's enough. It's been out long enough. If you haven't seen, and then and then another and then another one, Back to the Future. Oh, that's actually a good call, dude. I I love that movie. That's a good. Call. And I could watch it again and again and again, and I don't get sick of it. I I just love it. Yeah. It's so good. It's re- so well done. I actually re- recently rewatched it like a couple months ago, just randomly because I had nothing else to do. Yep. <laughs> One evening, I was just it's just great, man. Like and then, yeah, I agree with that. It it's definitely <laughs> has that like rewatchability factor. Oh, you know? absolutely. So it's, it, it really did hold up because some movies, as you watch as a kid, and then you watch them again as an older, and you're just yeah. Oh my god! Like the Mighty you Ducks. Know, the Mighty Ducks did not hold up. So, over time. That, that is a terrible You know what movie didn't hold up for me, and I love horror movies, was the original Nightmare on Elm Street. When I saw that as a kid, it scared the you-know-what out of me, yeah. okay? Then I watch it as an adult, I'm like, yeah. it's kind of not that good. That's, it's not really that great. That's sort of how I felt about The Exorcist. I remember seeing The Exorcist for the first time in, like, I, I, like in high school, and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is terrifying. And then, like, no. I was, like, in high school, like, my senior year of high school, me and my best friend... Tried to sit down and get our girlfriends to watch it. I think all four of us fell asleep at some point. Like, yeah, this movie is not. You know what movie? Barely, it, it would be six. Caddyshack. Oh, okay, dude, I love Caddyshack. It is one of the. It know, has everything. It, it has is, golf. It has. It, it's just great. Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, who they hated each other at the time too. Wasn't there a, a story oh, that they no. got into a fight? I don't know. At some point know. during the filming of that movie, there's actually a really cool documentary on the filming of that movie where they basically were all staying in this like this like hotel like off of this golf course and when they did the explosion mm-hmm. during during the the end of the movie there was planes that flew over and thought that something was going <laughs> on <laughs> yeah it, anyways um that's so that's that's my list but right. i mean you know a lot of star wars and rocky stuff in there uh so my five uh, i would start with oceans 11 the, oh, uh, wow. good take. You know, and like, like here's the thing. And I've seen the original, like the original original, the, the 60s one with like, you know, Sinatra and those guys, which is not a bad film, but it lingers about half an hour too long. The Soderbergh version with Clooney and Pitt and Damon and Don Cheadle and all those guys was great. And like, it's it's just fun and it's hip and it's cool. Uh, so that, that that's mine. Uh, number four on my list is Snatch, uh, which, look, I feel like, Either you love Snatch or you love Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and a lot of it depends on which one you saw first. I saw Snatch first, so it, like because both those movies are very, very similar, so whichever one I think you saw first is the one you like better. I saw Snatch first. That's the one I like. Number three, I've got Office Space. Uh, it just gets funnier every time I see it. You know, it's so quotable, and it's just, you know, like you work in an office long enough, and you start to see all the personalities that are there in that movie, so it, it's awesome. Um, number two, Kill Bill Volume One. Yes, wow. uh, and I love that's it. top ten. And I love I loved Volume Two. I think I like Volume Two more than a lot of people. But Volume yeah. One is just so. That's I remember, awesome, dude. 
I remember seeing it in the theater, and I love a good kung fu movie. I love a good kung fu movie, and I love a Quentin Tarantino film, so this was sort of the best of both worlds to me. And I just remember sitting in the theater and watching it and just being amazed by the showdown at the House of Blue Leaves. And then at the very end, when, you know, the, you get the voiceover that says, does she know her daughter's still alive? And it cuts to black. And I remember screaming like, oh, no, because yeah. then I like I knew I had to wait like six months to see the next movie. I was just I was I was heartbroken and amazed. And it's like I went home and I told my roommates, like, let's go. Let's go back. I want to go see it again. <laughs> let's go. Uh, so Kill Bill Volume One is on my list. And my number one. It's the big Lebowski. It's I I I love Lebowski. I literally could watch Lebowski every single day. Um, you know the the dude is. It's funny for all my friends who aren't from California. I've learned that I guess the word Cali is sort of an adjective to describe some of us from California. And you know, I didn't know this being from California, but I I remember asking a friend like, when you talk about that, do you mean the dude? And they're like, yeah, yeah. We all you know people on the East Coast think you guys are all sort of like the dude. I'm like, oh. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> you know? uh, so I do. I love it. I love Walter. I love Donnie. Um, it's not. It's not a. It's not a movie I can quote on this podcast because this is a family podcast. But uh, it is fantastic. So uh, those are my top five. Um, there you go. Mm-hmm. So you guys can uh, hit us up. Certainly hit us all up on Twitter uh, at the podcast handle or individually uh, with your top fives. Uh, you can tell us that we're wrong or that we're dumb or whatever. or Tell us that our movie choices are terrible. But uh, have fun with it. You know, we'll do some of these uh, throughout the offseason. I think mine basically fall in line with everyone's opinion of me is anyways. <laughs> Probably. Star Wars, superheroes, horror movies, dork. By the way, low-key, maybe the best superhero movie uh, that I've seen in a long time is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I still have I to haven't see seen that. it we yet. All, yeah, I have to I check we it out. I know we just talking about that, so I have not seen it yet. It is absolutely so good. Go check it out. Uh, that's it. We are done. We are out of here. Appreciate you listening as well. As always, tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try sleeping with a mosquito. We'll see you next week. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.